0: Living Sounds with Kanye Makubani.
1: Five minutes after 7 o'clock Welcome to the second hour of the show We're together until 8 o'clock And we're getting into our discussion earlier on I mentioned that tonight we will be joined by Reverend Frank Chikane We're talking about what are the uh, roles of the faith communities in reconciliation In terms of reconciling the nation And what are the challenges that hinder a smooth reconciliation Reverend Frank Chikane, President of the Apostolic Faith Mission International, former Director General in the Presidency And author of two books, The Things That Could Not Be Said from AIDS to Zimbabwe, as well as his uh, earlier offering, Eight Days in September. He joins us on the line now. Good evening, Reverend.
2: Uh, good evening, and good evening to your listeners.
1: You know, the first thing that I noticed when I was reading your profile is that you are a son of a preacher, and you know, in our communities, we have the saying, but in this... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what people say, but in this
2: case, the opposite has been proved to be true.
1: Absolutely, yeah. the apple definitely did yeah. not fall far from the tree. Reverend Chikana, today, I mean, the scope of our discussion really is talking about the role of faith communities in reconciling the nation, and we particularly asked you to come on the show tonight because of your long history with activism within the church, being active in politics, but being firmly grounded within the church. And in reading your profile, I see that, you know, as early as 1975, you led uh, protests at, at the University of the North where you were based and you eventually had to leave without obtaining your first degree as a physician because of your activism and I think the first question I really want to pose to you is what really fueled your indignation as an individual? Was it your political stance as a South African knowing that apartheid is wrong or did your faith and your religion have a lot to do with it as well?
2: You know, I mean, let me just say you, I've said that before, that apartheid was such an evil system. Yes. That you needn't need, have had any level of conscious of justice or anything to oppose it. Because this thing was evil. I mean, you know, you bought through windows. We, we threw a window in a shop instead of in front and set in a stone outside whilst twice by inside. And then you pay the same price, but they sit on tables there. Anybody can get angry about that type of system and oppose it. Mm. But I think my end point was from an, a faith perspective. Yes. The evil enabled me to ask questions about my faith, to say, if indeed God does care, why would God allow this type of evil? against the majority of the people. And indeed it forced me to go into the scripture, theology, and then come with a better understanding that there can be no God who supports this type of evil system. And then I began to think uh, of the justice of God as a measuring stick, not the justice of a particular ethnic group or color of people, but the the justice of God, which is a God of everybody, irrespective of color. And when you begin to do that, then your measuring stick becomes that of justice. And I've said so before, before 94, that if blacks took over and oppressed whites, I would still go to jail again. Because for me, it's not a white-black issue. It's not an ethnic issue. But it has to do with whether or not justice is being done. And that is my measuring stick.
1: Mm and you know when you're talking about your faith you know being one of the things that you interrogate in terms of if God is a loving God how can this evil happen it has to also speak to the role of the church within apartheid because churches were not really united in their stance some were silent about it some were for it and some were against it and you yourself you know you were suspended from the AFM church for quite a number of years from 1981 up until 1994 your activism because you know the church at that stage was very conservative and many felt like you know we don't need to ruffle the feathers of the powers that be Mm. Uh, so your struggle was not only external but internal as well talk to us about that
2: yeah no no the struggle was internal that's why i'm saying once you get influenced by external forces in terms of your race your ethnic group your your, your family, and once that becomes a measure, you are bound to get it wrong. And I think the problem with our faith is that it was in the main, brought by those people who were colonialists. And as a result, the had a colonial perspective of the reality in South Africa. I mean, it's still a serious contradiction mm. that the Christian West supported apartheid system. And the communist socialist East supported us in our struggle. It is still a serious contradiction, so you can see that their colonial perspective blurred their vision and understanding of god's uh, uh god's justice and in my church, the same happened uh because it's the white church that was funding. The Black Church, and when I took a stand against apartheid, the they then said to the Black leadership, "If you don't get rid of that person, we're going to withdraw the money and your support."
3: Mm-hmm. And they
2: decided to act against me, and I'm one of those who are given an indefinite type of suspension. I broke a record. And that lasted for almost like nine years before I was reinstated again. And I was reinstated with apologies, and I became president of the church after reinstatement. Mm -hmm. So, in a sense, that tells you that as human beings, we are affected by the circumstances around us, and our faith gets impacted by it. Let me give you another picture, that if you come from England, you are likely to have structures of the church resembling that of England. If you come coming from Rome, same would happen. If you come from South Africa, all the churches that were here would have a white church, a colored church, an African church, and an Indian church. Yes. You know, you'll find that. And and so the church tends to be a child of its time. And mm-hmm. what we needed is to liberate the church from the oppressive forces, liberated from being a victim uh, of the times and become an agent of God, which becomes that of justice and that measuring stick, you can never get it wrong. That's Mm -hmm. why even today, I would say for me, justice remains the same. Whether it's my comrade who does it wrongly or not, Mm -hmm. it does not matter. Mm. The truth will remain truth and truth and does not change.
1: Reverend, let's fast forward to 2013 and we are in our democracy for a good almost 20 years now and while there have yeah. been so many positive you know, steps that have been taken and inroads that have been made in terms of reconciling South Africans, let's just talk about your reflections in terms of the role that the faith communities have played just in terms of facilitating that moral regeneration and facilitating that um, voice of reconciliation to We come from different uh, parts of the country, we come from different ideologies and worldviews, but there is a common place where we can all find ourselves, and that is in our faith. Let's talk about how you think we've done so far.
2: I, I think, I mean, the church in South Africa, let me say the prophetic voices, because at times we generalize too much. Mm-hmm. I think there were prophetic voices in yes. this country. Mm-hmm. As the crisis of apartheid deepened, those voices emerged and became more prominent. I mean, at one stage, um, when all the organizations were banned, you know, the general secretary of the Council of Churches or the Council of Churches itself became a voice of the people. Yes. You could say the Church became a voice of the people. But because of the faith, uh, people were able to understand that our struggle was not against whites, but against the system. And, and once you make that differentiation, then you don't look at a white person as a target but you look at the system that makes this white person to behave the way they behave. And that's what enabled us when we went into negotiations to actually look at how you change the system, because that's really the problem rather than the individuals who are themselves victims of that particular system. And so we were able to then find a solution Reconciliation in terms of ending the war and the conflict and also beginning to work together to find solutions to the country. Yes. And after, we build on that message of reconciliation. I mean, the leadership of the liberation movement and the leadership of the governing party, you know, pro- I mean, promoted that. And that's where Mandela came in. In terms of this reconciliation between those who, who fought together. That's why we have peace in South Africa. And I, and I think there are many other places where there's conflict. They have never been able to find peace.
3: Mm-hmm. But if you go
2: beyond dealing with individuals or a group of people as the enemies and deal with the system and change it, mm-hmm. I think the greatest challenge now in fact, it's the fact that although we have made peace, although we have reconciled, although we live together peacefully, we have not been able to resolve the economic challenge.
3: That's very and true. That,
2: that economic challenge still draws a divide between us. I mean, if you look at poor people, you are likely to find poor people be black yes. and if you go for rich people you are likely to get the majority be white. It's a historical divide um, if you go to expensive hotels you are likely to see more whites there than you would if you go to a squatter camp you find more blacks that's what we have not been able to resolve because as long as if we, we don't resolve uh, we will not have lasting peace and that to me is the greatest challenge and the church finds it difficult because it's not easy to understand that racism is easy you know i mean the church bishop desmond tuti used to say you know apartheid is easy because we could see what's evil and what is not evil but an economic system is more complicated and requires much more discerning our minds to be able to look at solutions, turn it around, that remove the dividing line that keeps blacks poor and whites better off and equalize. And that will take time, but it also takes strategies which the church is not ready mm-hmm. to be able to deal with that, you know.
1: Reverend, let me invite calls for you on 0891104207. 0891104207 is the number you can use to connect with us here in the studio if you'd like to speak to Reverend Frank Chikani you can also SMS us on 340701. Reverend, I have an extract here from a paper written by Hugo van der Merwe from the book Religion and South Afri- Religion and Reconciliation in South Africa, and it's um, a project coming through from. the... The Translation and Reconciliation Program at the Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. And yeah. Manfos says the problem with reconciliation in South Africa is that it's incredibly complex. There are many levels of social division that need to be overcome. And the church's ability to reach a large Portion of the population combined with its moral influence provides it with a potentially powerful role in many arenas of society but for this potential to be translated into concrete action it appears the church needs to be a strong, principled, committed movement with a clear understanding of the dimensions of the problem and a clear understanding of the dimensions of reconciliation Simply more than just the ideal. So, in other words, where is our understanding of reconciliation and what is our understanding of reconciliation? Reverend, before I get to you to just uh, answer that question, I'd like you to just think about it while we take a few calls for you. 0891 yep. 207. Let's go to Fossil and say good evening to my daughter.
4: Hello, hello, ma'am.
1: Good evening, sir.
4: Yeah, this is my daughter. Yeah. You know, we're blessed here in South Africa, we're reconciled.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, I was one of the of the guys where where we live under the oppression in this country. I'm 67 years now. But the people who were who were really oppressing us in this country, they don't want to accept our reconciliation. And uh, I want to say to the to to, to the reverend there. Uh, when when uh, moses was sent to israel to to egypt to go and release the israel's way all those people who were oppressed by the laws of of egypt all of them were taken out from egypt there was not even one in all people who are, who are, who are, who are, who are very underprivileged in the underprivileged in this country are the are, are the majority, and those who are rich are the minority, but the laws of this country are too rigid for those who are disadvantaged. And in fact, the laws are for those mm. who become richer and those who are poor become poorer. Thank
1: you. Thank you very much to you, 0891 104207. 104207. Reverend, I'll just take a bunch of calls as they are coming in fast and heavy, and then I'll come back to you and just some of your reactions. Eddie in Fixburg, good evening.
3: Yeah, Mama Wapila.
1: Very well, thank you, Baba.
3: Wish you a good week. Thank you. And Reverend, I want to say this. Uh, Hello, um, and Dr. Wapila. Yeah, I'm not I want to first yeah. answer the gentleman just before calling. I'll tell you what, my sister. If you want reconciliation, just deliver. Does this whole country want us to vote ANC? They deliver. Just make sure there's water. You don't shoot Tatani, do it. They're dead. You make sure the roads are fixed. If you could see, my sister, the roads between my farm and town, and listen, food is becoming an issue now because we can't take the food to town anymore. The roads have added. I've got, you come see it, there's two million pot between Fixburg and my farm. And it's only 32 kilometers. The lorries, the combines, the machines are all breaking. Okay, that's one. We don't even talk about it. So I just say first, the ANC, this gentleman that spoke before us, I don't know what his name is, Tata uh, He must know that we are totally prepared to share the economic wealth if you work as hard as I do. Listen, my sister, for 20 years, my wife and I have worked like a dog on this farm and have not been paid because it's so expensive to farm today. Just go onto Facebook and you see how many white people in South Africa are dying of hunger. Go and see, Reverend. I want to ask you this question: Do you know that eighty thousand white people have been murdered the last twenty years, Reverend? And you tell me there's no war in this country? We we this is just as bad as Iraq. My neighbour next door was stabbed thirty-two times. My neighbour, Mrs. Beth Redlock, next door, her heart was cut, Reverend. You can't say that we've got peace now. Bishop Tutu said the other day, this is worse than apartheid. I'm not fighting for apartheid. I'm fighting for the ANC if they deliver, if they make sure corruption is gone, and they make sure there are books, and they make sure there's water, and they make sure employment is there. And the only way, Reverend, you're going to stop unemployment is make sure you stop imports. And you stop imports, everybody will have work, and we'll have peace in our land.
1: Thank you very much, Eddie. And in, mama. Thanks, Eddie. In Facebook, very passionate views there. 891 104 Josiah in Mpumalanga, good evening. Hello. Hello, Josiah.
0: Yes, must be reverend, please?
1: He is righteous, sir.
0: Yeah, I'm oh. on the mark. Reverend, I just want to say something, just a comment. If yeah. people can look at truth as it is, as you look at the truth, all the kids and the youth in this country will go to church every Sunday. Mm. They will also have a perspective of life, what life is, and what the truth is, and what the country must go to.
1: Thank you very much. Reverend, just coming back to you and just some of the comments made by Hugo van der Merve that the church has a potentially powerful, influential role to play in society, but for this to be translated into action, it appears the church needs to be principled. It needs to have a clear understanding of the dynamics of reconciliation and understand what its own standpoint is. What do you think about that and your reflection on what the callers have been saying as well?
2: Well, well, you know, I've been dealing with this matter lately. We're working on a bottom-up model to eradicate poverty.
1: Mm.
2: And we are working, starting from somewhere to where my congregation is, and we are working from what to what. Mm. And, And we believe that's the best way to deal with poverty in our situation. But the interesting thing in that exercise is that you find that in one word, There are churches. The the group in what 14 or in Soweto have found that there are twenty one churches in one ward. And my view is that if there are twenty one churches and people go to church every Sunday in that one ward, we should do better in this country. If the church became what it is supposed to be, we should not have the problems that we are having. I mean, we shouldn't wait for politicians to come and see there are open toilets. The church should be the first one, because it's its members who go to those open toilets. And so my view is that the church needs to reorientate it and rediscover its mission, because it also is a victim of society. Now, to take it further, if you you listen, for instance, to the two callers, who calls. One takes the view that not much has changed and that the, the whites, the people we reconciled with, never reconciled. It's blacks who went out of their way. The second call says, yeah, we still have war and 8,000 people have been killed. You can see that there is a huge gulf between those two colours. Mm. And that tells you that we have a much more greater work to do in this country, to reconcile people and make sure that they begin to see things from the same perspective. Will and it ever be possible,
1: that, though? Will it ever be possible, though, Reverend, when their realities are different?
2: Well, that's why we must change the reality. I've said, you know, for those who believe in the National Democratic Revolution. You know, to say until we change the conditions of the people of South Africa so that we get rid of poverty that's defined in terms of color, we will always have different perspectives. Because it will actually be getting into the lager, defending your position, whereas if all of us got out of our lager, and went to the to went out to a spot where we can work together to get rid of poverty. Make sure that everybody in this country has got food on the table. Make sure that we live a decent life. I'm not talking about becoming billionaires. I'm talking about decent life. Then we will begin to think differently. That's why our politics will not change. People think people will change and vote not on the basis of colour. But on the basis of policies, the problem is that as long as it's color still defines the quality of lives of people, then it will still influence our elections, it will still influence our outcomes. Mm. And that's why changing the economic system and making sure that the line is not defined on the basis of color, it means poverty is not characterized on the basis of white black then we'll begin to think differently and it is at that stage where i would say we have achieved reconciliation that's why i agree with the right the the quote you referred to that the issue of reconciliation is very complex Mm. and and it has got many facets it's not just one side some people think if we say we stop in war now and we shake hands we are reconciled, but the fact that you should hand together doesn't mean you are reconciled. There is many layers of our lives we have to deal with to make sure that indeed we become reconciled.
1: Oh, oh, 0891104207. Oh, 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 0891104207. Oh, oh, Let me take more calls for you, Reverend Chikane. bilin limpopo Good evening.
0: Good evening, Madam. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks very much. My my regards to the Reverend. I'm just concerned but that, uh, that the restaurant has been serving government for over 15 years, if I can imagine. Mm-hmm. And they have not been able to raise these issues. Now, I'm not sure, because I also serve in government. I can see random corruption and <coughs> issues that uh, we need to raise in terms of important people. We're not able to raise them. Once we are out, we can be able to speak about them. I want to know from the restaurant, what is that a public service can do to expose... Uh, Red tape, corruption in government, that can help better. Because there are policies that we know that when you go out and say about some of the things uh, in public, you will be charged. And now that you, he's out, he's able to say about them fairly soon. Now, I want to check with him. Is it probable for me as a public servant to say one, two, three, and four are wrong, and government cannot do this because they are? Is empowering our people. You see, I live in Mbobo here. Mm. Ramban corruption is happening. But I cannot go out and talk about it in public. Or I cannot even raise it within government structure, because there are restrictions. I am not understand why is this system uh, being designed like that. One other thing that he's talking about is about the clinic empowerment. Yes. You see, there are simple things that empower people. We just need information uh the information to what best can they do for themselves. We don't need to bring money, grants, whatever to our people. People must empower themselves. And it's because we lack that information and knowledge that we remain dependent on government, dependent on donors, dependent on everything. I speak again. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much, Billy 0891104207, oh four two oh seven. Mrs Governor in Durban, good evening. Hello, Connie. How are you, my darling? Very well. Thank you, ma'am.
5: You know, you've got such a warm voice, ma'am. Thank you. Warm and kind, kind-speaking, a real spiritual person. And hello to the guest. Hello to the gentleman that's with you. And speak about, you know, when he spoke about, uh, I was quite amazed at one, one, he said, he said about how many churches in one? Many, 21,
1: three? 21 in, in, in one block. One block, 21. How can they
5: be? But, uh, has you got a Bible with him, Kanye? I'll tell you to read the scripture for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: Has you got a Bible with him?
1: Um, I don't know, ma'am, but if you do have the scripture, you can, can I go ahead. It? Yes, please go ahead. All right. In 1 Corinthians, chapter, you know, first of all, people must realize that
5: all humans, no matter, no matter what color they are, they came from, uh, the roots are Adam, Adam. Mm-hmm. God created the first man, Adam. And from him, all the different religions came, not religions, the religions came from men, but nations came from God, all the nations. So they, that's why in First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, can I read that? Go ahead, ma'am. And now he says, Now I exhort you, brothers, through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you should all speak in agreement, and there should not be divisions among you, that they should be quickly united in the same mind and the same line of thought. For the disclosure is made to me about you, my brothers, that those, even in the ancient time, you know, the, the divisions in the early Christian congregation, so there, there are three meaning of, true love amongst nations is love. And i just like to read one in First John 4.10. i just read this First John 4.20. 4, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm sure
2: you'll have to interpret this.
5: this one more scripture. If anyone makes a statement. Yes.
1: <laughs> the Reverend, I see Mrs. is still looking for her scripture. No, I got it. I got it. Yes, yes. If anyone makes a statement, I love God,
5: and yet is hating his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot be loving God whom he has not seen. Isn't that nice?
1: wonderful, thank you very much so, Mrs. so no
5: Gavander. one can say I love my brothers, they hate anyone all we all are brothers, all nations we all come from one man, heaven. we must remember that, okay my darling, thank yeah. you so much
1: thank you very much, Reverend Mrs. Gavinder you know, speaking to the reconciliatory uh, objective of Christianity to say you know, love is what really binds us together and that we need, you know, no. as far as possible, you know, to create peace amongst ourselves, you know, do do people still buy into the Bible as a religious text that really speaks to Reconciliation.
2: Yeah, no, I mean the the, the Bible is a, it's a fundamental text of the Christian faith. Yes, um, and of course the the Jewish community will take the Old Testament as their reference book, and and so the, yes, indeed that I mean the, it informs. Remember, it's part of our 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 tradition and understanding of our faith, and you refer to that tradition. Um But I mean, yeah, that love is critical. We are born of the same uh, father. Yes. And, and we can all agree, but we all agree that things went wrong in the world. Mm. And that's why there is so much conflict in this world. Uh, and, and therefore, we have to deal with the consequences of, of that particular situation. But if I can go to Mipopo, because I mean, the last caller uh, talked about public servants. Indeed, I was in government for 13 and a half years. Yes. And if you, if you read my books, you will understand that when you are a public servant, mm-hmm. there are limitations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can speak within government about government policy. Mm -hmm. You can raise questions within, Mm. but you can't, in terms of the law, Mm -hmm. engage in party political debates. And therefore, if you stood up as a civil servant and opposed a policy Mm. or opposed the ruling party, obviously you'll get into difficulties because uh the 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 understanding in terms of the law is that the civil servant should be in, in neutral in terms of the party political issues mm. and that's the limitation i'm talking about so people say why are you talking after you've left government i say look at the book mm. i wrote to mr mandela when he was president about 1997 mm. two years after i went into government and I said that the old is corrupting the new. So I have been speaking within government, but I couldn't publicize that. You, you know, you can only communicate with the political principals and say, this is my concern. And they said to me they were going to address it. And indeed they made an effort to address it. But when you are a public servant, you can't engage in public debates. Mm. and and now that I'm out of government, I did say when I left government, I'm going to write, and so I've got the freedom to express myself, and I know what the challenges are. I know it's corruption within government, and that's what we need to deal with, and there's nothing that stops us from dealing with corruption, because corruption impacts on the poor more than it does on rich people, mm. and and so... It's not It's not that the law it's against. You see, there is another caller who said all the laws are against the poor. Mm -hmm. I think our constitution is one of the best constitutions in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it emphasizes rights of people. But it is us who are failing as South Africans, both whites and blacks. You see, those who have money and capital, who benefited out of apartheid, are not participating fully in finding a solution. Mm. They always think, well, the black government must solve this problem. But in fact, the problem was not created by the black government. It was created by apartheid over the years. Mm. But then the black government as well must then stop people who are corrupt in it, who make the conditions worse. Mm. but turn around and make sure that we meet the needs of the people. So my view is that we need both blacks and whites to resolve the economic problem. Okay. We, we could solve the issue about conflict. We could forgive those people who cost us. That's easy, because mm. it's the victim who actually does that.
4: Reverend but in one, terms two. of the
2: economy, yes. the, those who are... Historically victims cannot just go I mean, this scholar who said, you can go and empower yourself. We debate that in my house because I've got three generations of children where i either part in apartheid and after apartheid. And the one who was in the apartheid times keep on saying, leave the ones who are the born, so-called born frees who never experienced it the way they did but the day they finish their degrees and they are qualified and they go to the market they will discover if you have capital you Mm. do better than if you don't and if you have inherited uh wealth you can be able to use your brains and make it in life but if you don't then it's much more difficult so once you get into the economy uh, it discriminates. It tells you whether you are black or white and whether you are privileged or not privileged. That's why we have to get out of our way and put our resources together to solve this problem.
1: Reverend, I want to read some SMSs that have been coming through. Eddie saying, "CC, we need to work together to make this country good. I'm currently buying a plot belonging to a white guy who believes that we must close the economic gap. So there we are seeing one uh, practical way in which reconciliation is happening on the ground. Another one comes through saying, Kanye, thank you so much for bringing in Dr. to your show, the one that did not run away during the trying times in his in this country. I was blessed when he and Trevor Huddleston visited our area in Kaluza that was riddled by violence and assisted us to understand the levels of our struggle for freedom. May the good Lord look after him and his family. Those are very interesting times indeed uh, Reverend Chikani.
2: Yeah well you know I really appreciate this uh, comment I mean they are helpful especially the one about collaborative action. Indeed during the time I was in government There were white farmers who accepted that I got this land in the last 30 years. People were removed from here and I got it. And I'm ready to return the land, but I'm not going to return it only. I'm going to work with the people who were removed here Mm. to transfer the skills, to make sure that this farm remained as productive as it, it was. And then it changed the quality of lives of those people faster. And so when we begin to work together, those who benefited realizes that in fact they need to use their benefits to enable those who are disadvantaged to also come into the game and play it and become uh, beneficiaries of the economy of this country. That's the way we can find solutions. And I've said this all the time. It will not happen if white Compatriots fold their arms and wait for blacks to solve the problem. We need to do it together.
1: Wonderful. Reverend Frank Chikane, thank you so, so much for joining us here on Living Sounds on S F M. Before I go, I've got one more SMS to read for you. It says, Good evening, Kanye. I just want to thank Reverend Frank Chikane for what he's doing and what he did during the time of our struggle here in Mzansi. We thank God for people like him. And on that note, Reverend, how's your new book doing?
2: No, thank you very much, and I wish you all the luck. I believe that South Africans will take the message and work together to find solutions to our problems.
1: Wonderful. And your book, your current book, The the Things That Could Not Be Said, how is it doing?
2: Hello, say it
4: again.
1: I'm saying you know, your current book, The Things That Could Not yes. Be Said. How is it doing? I mean, how
2: has it been received? No, it, is doing, it is doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we did lots of marketing for the first book. Mm. Uh, but because people know about the first book, it's easier to go into the second book. And, and it is the things that couldn't be said. So everybody should be interested in reading the book
1: here. Yeah. Wonderful. Go and get yourself a copy of Reverend Chikane's current book, The Things That Could Not Be Said, from AIDS to Zimbabwe, and his first uh, previous book, Eight Days in September, The Removal of uh, Tabombegi. I'm sure they are available at most bookstores. Enjoy the rest of your evening, Reverend Chikane. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. We really appreciate it.
2: And thank you very much. God bless.
1: Thank you so much, Baba. Here's the sounds of Lyra from her album, Feel Good, and this one is Dumisa. Mm